God, thank you that all of creation cries out that you are God, and I thank you for the expanse of the universe and the galaxies, Lord, that are beyond our comprehension and understanding. Thank you for technology where we get to see things from a different vantage point, and I pray that to be true today, that we would see you from a different vantage point today, and as we begin this year and launch into a new series, Lord, that you would lead and guide and direct our hearts and our minds, that more people would be connected with you, Jesus. And so do that work here today that nobody would miss the extraordinary today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we've been dreaming about this series for really over a year. We wanted to do this last year, and it just didn't work out, so we put it on the shelf and and thought this would be a great beginning for the year. And I'm excited for the series, uh, one, because I love space and I love thinking about all of those, Um, but it also means uh, that we're in January, that Christmas is done. And that can be a good thing. And I probably should explain, lest you think, like, I hate, I love Christmas. I love Christmas Eve worship. I love Christmas Day worship. I love family and friends getting together. I love everything about it, with the exception of um, the gifts. And I love to give gifts. The problem is, uh, especially for my wife, getting gifts uh, is a very intimidating kind of thing. So I'm glad to be done with that for another year. And I've got a whole other year to have worry and anxiety over what kind of gift to give to my wife. And maybe I'm the only guy that has ever felt anxiety over getting the right gift at that point. But um, it is intimidating because my wife is very highly educated with her PhD. And while she was getting uh, a master's degree, she was working at a jewelry store and managing that. So jewelry is out of the question because I know she would look at it and go, you overpaid for this, John. I don't know what you were thinking when you bought that. So I I like jewelry. I can't walk into a jewelry store. So that's out of the question. And so I do what probably a lot of guys do when it comes to Christmas shopping. They either scroll online or you walk through a store and you're just hoping that something falls off the shelf, divinely inspired by God that is going to be the perfect gift for your spouse for uh, Christmas. And I remember, I think it was the first year that we were dating, and I was just thinking, like, what do you get your wife for Christmas? I'm like, she's got really everything I can think of. I don't know what to get her. I'm not going to try to get clothes. That's a disaster. I can't do the jewelry thing. And I'm walking through Costco and just hoping and praying, you know, just God, just give me something. And I walk down this aisle, and, and there's a little telescope that's sitting there on the floor. And it dawned on me, I'm like, I remember conversations my wife has had with me about her childhood were in Florida, and she lived out in in sort of the outside country, and it was just dark, and she said, I can remember as a little girl laying out in the property and looking up at the stars at night, and then as I got a little older, I had a little telescope and looking up into the sky and the stars and just imagining, and it was some of the best memories I had as a child. I thought, this is perfect. (laughs) I'm going to get it. So I picked that thing up, and I paid for it, and I wrap it up, put it under the tree, and she opens it up on Christmas Day, and she's like, oh, wow, a telescope. And I said, man, I was thinking it'd be neat. You talked about your childhood and, and, and this. And, and to her credit, she's like, oh, that's wonderful. What a wonderful, wonderful gift. I, I would soon uh, realize that what I bought her was not really a telescope, but glorified binoculars is really what I had bought <laughs> her. And when she was thinking, like, a telescope would be a great idea, it's like, that was a great idea, um, but not really what I was hoping for. So uh, after her dad passed away, we had taken some of the estate and fulfilled that dream that she had and bought one of these big old telescopes that are huge that you can see the rings around Saturn in. So she finally gets to do what she's enjoyed doing. And so just uh, right after Christmas, we got a chance to go back to her childhood home. Uh, 
packed up everything on December 26th and drove to Florida. And leading up to that, she goes, you know what I'd love to do when you go to Florida? I said, well, what would that be? She goes, I would love to take now this new telescope to Florida and be able to be there on the property I grew up at and look up into the stars with the darkness of the sky. It's so much darker there than it is here on our property. And wouldn't that be wonderful? And I'm thinking in my mind, no. <laughs> Man, to pack this thing up and drive this all the way across country and all that that's going to entail, I'm like, but what I said is, what a wonderful idea. That would be great. <laughs> and, and so she's like, oh, great, and went into planning mode. And so we got a top. And on Christmas afternoon, then I'm putting the top on our little Jeep so we have place to put our luggage. Because now in the back seat next to our daughter is this big old telescope that we put the seat belt around with that and all the stuff that goes along with that telescope. And then the back, in the far back, is for the dog and the cat back there. And so we're driving all the way across Florida. And we get into Lake City. Florida about 1.30 in the morning. So we've driven uh, all that way and pull into the property and we get out and my wife looks up into the stars in the sky and she goes, oh my gosh, this is a perfect night for the telescope. <laughs> what do you think about pulling out the telescope and looking at the stars? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I do not, I just want to go to bed. I am so tired. I just want to collapse. I'll tell you what, I'll get it out, but then you can do whatever you want with it. She goes, well, it might rain later. I'm like, well, whatever. Just put tarp over. I, I'm tired. I just need to go. Well, we'll just leave it in the car. And then I said those fateful words. I'm like, we've got three more nights here. Well, you know what happens, right? The next night it's cloudy and over, there's no, it's not a star you can see in the sky. The next night it rains that evening, so we're not pulling out the telescope there. Never got a chance. The telescope stayed in the spot that it was packed in when we left. And I'm thinking, man, I've blown it yet again. This is yet another husband fail in this moment. The one night my wife had to have this telescope dragged it all the way to Florida to miss out on that opportunity. I thought, oh, man, I've blown it yet again. And so I, I don't want you to get through 2020 and blow it. I don't want you to miss the extraordinary. And that's what we want to do with this series is maybe open up our eyes a little bit as we launch into the series and launch into a new year. We don't want you to miss the extraordinary in your life. Because what we're doing, if you haven't realized this, is we are already on this journey to go around the sun. It takes one year to get all the way around the sun. And so we're sort of using that as a theme to think about the journey that we are taking around the sun and living intentionally as we go around through that. And so as we think about this new year and new beginnings, isn't it wonderful at the beginning of a year to just, doesn't matter what happened last year, it's like there is something new about a new year that you can just dream a little bit. And that's what we want you to do today. So what I want to do is just take a look at one verse to jump off of, and it's verse 11 in this book of Acts where Luke writes, and you could just pass by this because this is not, I think, the most important verse of the text, but this is one I couldn't get away from. And he says this, God did extraordinary miracles through, sorry, I evidently hit my watch. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Extraordinary, extraordinary Miracles. I don't know about you, I think some of us would settle for just plain old miracles. <laughs> but what are the extraordinary miracles that he's talking about? We get a little clue into that, that even you know, napkins that were taken and, and attached to Paul that he had touched, people were being healed by just touching that, and demons were being released, and evil spirits fleeing. So we get a glimpse into the miraculous, extraordinary miracles that God was doing through Paul. But I would love to know what was happening 
that that was the word that they used to describe miracles. Extraordinary. Miracles is enough, but extraordinary miracles. And I think there's something we probably want to get our mind around, and some of you probably know this already, but it's a great reminder for us to come back to time and time again. And it's simply this, that God does what he wants when he wants. He's God. That's his prerogative. We don't manipulate God. We don't control God. We, we can't do things on our own. And I love even the sentence structure in this. It gives us a clue into that, that God did miraculous, extraordinary miracles through Paul. God is the subject in the sentence. God is the one. He is the miracle worker. So God does what he wants when he wants, that we can't manipulate him into doing what we want him to do. And that's important for us to know because some people have wandered away from the faith because God didn't do what they expected him to do or they wanted him to do. And we need to come back to know God is God. And he does what he wants when he wants. And we praise God not for what he has done in our lives or what we hope he will do in our lives. But we praise God because he is worthy of praise. That's why we praise him. We don't praise him to manipulate him into, well, God, I praised you in church so that you would do this for me. No, we praise him because he is worthy of all glory and honor and praise. And that's why we gather and worship in his name. And God does what he wants when he wants. But this is where the mystery um, comes in a little bit for me. Because there are some things that we can do where we miss out on miracles. And I don't really fully comprehend this, but I think it's good for us to point out that there are some things that we miss out on. And it's our lack of faith that, that causes us to miss out sometimes on the miraculous. There are some things that we just miss out on because of our own lack of faith. And I don't know what that looks like, but I, I do know this is what Jesus talked about. He went to his hometown, and he was teaching there and, and preaching there and, and talking to people there. And while he was there, Matthew wrote these very curious little words about his experience in his hometown where he said this, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. And in my Bible, I've got a little question mark next to this verse. And one of the things, that question mark, is there for, is a reminder to me, what am I doing? And where is my lack of faith that is keeping God from doing many miracles in my own life? In a way, I don't think we'll ever completely understand. It is our own lack of faith. Sometimes it gets in the way of God doing miraculous signs and wonders. So what I'd like to do as we launch this series and get into this year is, is to help you maybe Get an honest look at yourselves and, and where you stand, taking some of the words from the text and putting them on a continuum to see where you stand. And so here are a couple words. Am I obstinate? That was one of the words from our text today. Am I obstinate? Like, I, I don't need any help. I don't need help from you. I don't need help from a counselor. I don't need help from a pastor or a therapist. I don't need help from God. I don't need help from anybody. I'm just obstinate. Or am I open? Man, I'm open to the miraculous and God intervening in, in my life. And, and to be honest, we're somewhere in between those two extremes. I mean, we'd like to say, oh, I'm completely open to God doing the miraculous in our life. But there's an obstinate piece of every one of our hearts and our minds. 
And so part of our journey is to become more and more open as we go through life, because I don't want to miss out on the extraordinary that God has planned for me. Another way of looking at this is, is you could refuse to believe. That's what some people in the text did. They just refused to believe. Or are those who went there and received daily instruction. And so they met in Paul, and it talked about where they met, and here's the place that they went. And they would meet there. It was about six hours a day to meet with Paul. Because, man, I want to know more about this God and miraculous. I want to put myself in that kind of environment. And so which, where do you fall in that continuum where I, I just refuse to believe? I don't think God is active. I, maybe there is no God. Maybe that's me. To, man, I so much believe in God. I can't get enough of spending time with God. And I, I want to be with him every moment of every day. And so I invite him to be a part of every moment every day. And I'm intentionally setting some time apart to be with him all the time. And so where do you fall on, on these continuums? Now, the good news for all of us today, but especially if you're not a believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus or you're struggling with that, let me share with you some good news because this has been good news in my life and it's good news for everyone who's ever followed Jesus. And it's simply this. God is in the business of changing hearts. This is what God desires to do. One of the most miraculous, extraordinary things that God does is changing a heart because nobody comes to God on their own. I didn't come to God on my own. You didn't come to God on your own if you're a follower of Jesus. Nobody does. The only reason we have a relationship with God is because God gave us his Holy Spirit, and he brought us to the faith. That's the reason we have a relationship with God. And the reason we have that relationship with God is because God, from the very beginning, has been in the business of changing hearts. Like, well, what do you mean? You change, I don't need to have a change. We all needed a changed heart. And I love the way the prophet Ezekiel described this. Back way before Jesus came into the world, he described this. He said, I'm going to give you a new heart, and I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to remove from you your heart of stone that's just cold and is not life-giving. It's just there, taking up space. I'm going to take that heart from you and give you a heart of flesh. And this is what God desires to do. And this is great news if you're an unbeliever, because maybe today there's something tugging at your heart. This is God beginning to give you a heart transplant. Or maybe you're like, I'm not even, I don't believe in any of that as well. Man, keep at it, because God is tugging. This is the desire that God has for all unbelievers. It doesn't matter what your past is. God, I want to give you a heart transplant. That's why I came into the world. That's why I died on the cross. That's why I rose again, that you might live and you might have a desire. This is maybe a little insight into my personality. Even as a little kid, uh, I go to, and I grew up in church. We went to church every single week. We never missed a worship service. We were always there and just distant. We went to you know, vacation. Bible. We did everything. Anytime the church doors were open, the Thomas family was there, sitting in the very same pew that we sat in like every single week. That was what I grew up with. But there was something, even as a little kid, sitting in church that I, I kept asking myself, and I can still remember this. I, I call it now my holy discontent. But I remember showing up at church and just think, there's got to be something more. Surely this can't be it, God, that this is all you want from us is just show up on Sunday or whatever day the church doors happen to be open and we sit in the same seat, we sing a few songs, we say a few prayers, we listen to a message, we sing another song and we go home. Surely there's something more to a relationship with you, God, than just this. 
And this is where my holy discontent, and, and some of you are like, wow, you, you seem to be like serious all the time. Well, this is where that really comes from, is this, I want to see God transform lives. Like, I have no desire to just play church, and let's just do church a little bit better than the church down the street. That brings me no joy whatsoever. If God isn't transforming lives and God isn't changing hearts, I don't really want to be a part of it because this is God's heartbeat from the beginning. This is what God has placed inside of me and why I get restless and why my greatest joy is seeing people come and watching a heart be transformed before me, watching God give somebody heart surgery. There's no greater joy than I have in my life than than that. And so there's also, uh, while that's great news for all of us, that God is in the business of giving heart transplants and changing hearts. Uh, There's also a a word of caution for those of you who already have had that heart transplant. And and the simple warning is this, don't harden what God changed. God took out the heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh. And, And if we're not careful, one of the things that we can do is take out that heart of flesh and go grab a stone again. And so maybe some of you are on that process of becoming harder and harder and harder. And so it looks like you get a little more calloused and there's a little less love and a little less compassion, a little less mercy, a little less patience with other people. And slowly but surely, we're hardening what God has transformed. And so we're just going through the motions. And so it seems like going to church is just simply that. I'm just going to church. So don't harden what God has changed. This is the warning that the writer of Hebrews gave to his people when he said, today if you you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. God transformed that already. Don't harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. In other words, this has been going on forever. And this is the natural direction of our life if we're not careful. Because our natural direction is to harden what God has transformed and what God has changed. So I want to ask you just a couple of questions, and these come out of my journal and just my reflection and my time with God. So these are ones that I've just personally wrestled with, and I I want to throw out to you, and I'm hoping that some of you, uh, I would love for all of you, uh, but I'd love for at least some of you to grab a hold of these questions and spend some time thinking about these. First one is this, what, what am I expecting from God? Some of you are probably New Year's resolution kind of people, and you've already written out all your resolutions. Some of you have already broken all your resolutions on day five already, and that's all right. But resolutions are are wonderful. Great to have goals and to strive for things. But this goes beyond that. God, what am I expecting from you? Lord, what would I love to see you do this year? That's different than what I would like to accomplish on my own strength or my own ability. God, what would I love to see you do? And I tell you, you know, ever since I wrote down that question, there are all kinds of things just come to my mind. God, I would love to be baptizing hundreds of people here at St. John this next year, hundreds of adults, teenagers, all kinds of people that are just coming to know God for the first time because you are transforming hearts. Because we've gone out and we've shared Jesus with people and brought the light where there was darkness and, and just lives are being transformed. I would love to just see that happen where we have a physical manifestation of your power just coming out over people. That's what I'd love for you to experience. 
I would love to see people physically get healed. I would love to see that and pray more and more. I would love to, at the end of this year, have hundreds of people be able to get up and give a testimony of, here has how God physically healed me. Doctors said there was no hope. Uh, with God, there is hope. And God transformed and did a living miracle in my life. I would love to see more and more of that. I would love to see marriages that are on sort of their last string uh, find new life and new, not just survive, but thrive. Because God brought reconciliation and, and God did miraculous work in, in the hearts of a husband and wife and brought them back together. I would love to have hundreds of those stories by the end of the year. Like we were on the verge of divorce. Nobody else knew. Uh, we were hiding it from everybody. But man, we finally just brought it into the light and, and got a hold of, of some great people around us to support us, encourage us, and help us to learn some new behaviors. And, and God just, I would love, that's what I'm expecting from God. I would love to see those kind of miraculous things. I would love to see, I'm expecting God to raise up more men that would love to pray and love to pray for this church and pray that God does miraculous signs and wonders among us, that extraordinary is a word that we throw out because God has been done extraordinary things in 2020 here at St. John. So what am I expecting from God? Second question is sort of like this as well. What am I expecting from worship? Because to be honest, I have the feeling that most people expect, I expect to come and sit in the same seat I always sit in, that nobody's sitting where I sit. <laughs> That's what I expect. I expect to sing a few songs, not too many, but a few songs, and I expect at least one of them I'm really going to like. That's what I expect. I expect a message that hopefully won't bore me to tears. That's what I'm expecting, and do that. And I expect to be out in an hour. That's my expectation. What am I expecting from worship? Are we just going through the motions, or are we coming with expectancy to say, God, I expect you to show up, and I expect the glory of God to just sort of fill the temple. I expect these divine moments to come where it's like you are leaping off the page and into my heart, and you are speaking like I can hear your voice speaking directly to me, or maybe I'm sitting out in the cafe, and I'm sitting down there and having a coffee, and I'm talking to somebody, and it's like one of those divine moments and I pray that you have these, and if you haven't, I pray you have them this year, where it's just like God showed up, it's like light, woo, and you have this incredible conversation, like that was amazing. I want to have more of those conversations with people where it just seemed like God showed up, and what am I expecting when I show up here? So what I'd love to do, uh, just in closing, is give you three things I think that would be great, just little steps. Little, little steps to start your way so you can experience the extraordinary this year and not miss what God wants to do. And the first simply is just, just dedicating some time daily. And if, if this is all, one hour, once a week, is all you get in terms of your connecting with Jesus, uh, you're going to miss out on the extraordinary. And, and so I didn't put a time goal on this because a lot of that depends on your season of life. If you've got young kids and, and boy, you're working crazy amount of hours, um, it's tough to, to say, well, everybody should spend two hours every day. Find some time, dedicate some time daily to God to speak to you so you're not missing the extraordinary in your life. A year ago, we launched our Connected Home Center right out there to the left-hand side. It was almost uh, 11 months ago now. And we invited you in worship to take the first start and to look through and sort of rank yourself. How am I connecting with Jesus? How am I connecting with my family and friends and other people? And we invited you to sort of take a survey of that. And maybe this is a great time, a year later at the beginning of the year, to pick up another one and start again and just take a look at how am I doing now? And where do I want to go? 
Because we've got all kinds of free resources over there that you can take home and help you to dedicate some time daily to God. Just little things, everything from making a meal and conversation starters to questions to, to all kinds of free resources. Please, please take advantage of that and go back and do that. Second thing is to expect miracles. Man, just change your heart a little bit and maybe every day just wake up and, God, I'm expecting to see you do something miraculous today. I was listening to um, one of the podcasts I, I love listening to, and, and this guy had a phrase that he used that I, I just want to adopt because I, I like it. He said, uh, live your life in this kind of way. Uh, pray plus. Like, pray plus. What does pray plus mean? Um, prayer is wonderful. Like God changes things. Like situations and lives change when we pray. But don't just stop with prayer. Prayer plus. Don't just pray that God delivers you from a situation. Pray and then do something. <laughs> Don't just pray, God deliver me from alcoholism. A uh, great thing to do is pray about that, but then uh, physically get in your car and go to an AA meeting. That would be a great thing for you to do. <laughs> and I wonder how often we miss out on the extraordinary because we're expecting miracles, but we don't want to do anything. We don't want to take a step of faith. And I really do hope um, next week as we pray, and I hope this just continues to grow as we pray over people, that there are more people. I, I would pray just like lining up to come and have somebody pray over them because we're expecting miraculous things to happen. This is not just an exercise, oh yeah, I should pray. No, I'm expecting God to do something great. And, and then finally, to live intentionally. Live intentionally. You know, one of the phrases, and maybe you've caught yourself using this, I know I have at different seasons of my life, I just wish I had more time. I just wish I had more time. Well, let's just pretend we shall. That God showed up and just entered again into time and said, you know what, I, I heard your request and, and I'm going to push the barriers back and, and now I'm going to give you an extra six hours a day. It's going to be a 30-hour day. You got an extra six bonus hours every single day. So I'm like, man, that would be awesome. Six extra hours of sleep, man. I could go fishing. Man, I could Netflix and hang out and yeah, have a great time. I could do all kinds of things with those six hours, man. That would be wonderful. And maybe it would be wonderful for a day or a week or maybe even a month. But I'll guarantee you, what's going to happen is a little bit down the road, you're going to be saying the same thing. I, I wish I had more time because I filled up thirty hours now. I need more. God, can you make it 36? Can you push the envelope a little bit? And maybe a better thing to do is instead of asking for more time, God, help me to live intentionally with the time that I have. Help me to let go of things that, frankly, are not helping me anymore, and I just need to let go of those things. Those aren't helping me become who you want me to be. Help me to put some good boundaries in my life so that my life isn't all consumed with any one thing. So living intentionally. One of the things we've got as a gift for you today, and you can pick them up on your way out, is this Launch uh, 2020 devotional. And uh, put this together, and, and Jan did such a great job of capturing this, and, and it's in full color. I love, <laughs> I love that. Some great pictures of the cosmos and some great, um, just great little tidbits of facts and, and things that are happening throughout the year that you could look up in this star and, and see different things. But then every once in a while, we've got some Bible passages um, in here as well. And, and then we've got different days marked. Like the question for today is simply this. We have already traveled 8 million miles 
this year. If you realize that, you tired? Eight million miles. What do I want to see God do this year? And so you a little spot to write that down. We got one for next week and the 19th and 26th. And then every time we hit 10% of our way around the sun, we've got the day marked, and then we ask you another question. So I encourage you to, to take this and use this throughout the year so that we live intentionally and we don't just launch into a year and then, oh, I can't wait for 2021 and another stuff. Don't miss the opportunities and the extraordinary that God wants to do in you this year because I'll guarantee you this, every one of us um, need more and God has more for you. He's got more of his love that he wants you to experience. He's got more of his grace that he wants you to know about. He's got more of his mercy that he wants you to feel he wants you to get rid of the guilt of your past and set you free from all of that. We, we need more, and God has more for us. Don't miss on the extraordinary.